the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Benvenuti! Welcome to the next generation with me, your host, Giulia Stocchetti. Join me as I take you on a journey to discover young stars of the Italian food and wine world. Pronti? Andiamo! Buongiorno! Hello! Hi everyone! Hope you are doing great today. I'm taking you to a very special place that is located in the Veneto region, The province is Verona and the city is Ronca, where there is a Gianni Tessari winery. Basically, in this area, people don't only produce outstanding wines. There are also some uh, really, really delicious uh, food to eat, like pan biscotto e soppressa, polenta brustola e soppressa. Soppressa basically is a typical colquette. Bruschette with local extra virgin olive oil made with the olives from the area. Monte Veronese PDO cheese made up in the mountains. And torta sbrisolona as a dessert that is basically made with some flour, some butter and some other uh, secret ingredients, let's say. But there are also almonds, I guess. The featured dish of today will be polenta, Monte Veronese cheese and baccalà. But let me introduce to you our interviewee today and her business. Gianni Tessari Winery is located in Ronca, province of Verona, as I said, and it's headed by Gianni Tessari, who is a well-known name in the wine field of Verona. He and his family works with three different territories, different and complementary among them. They produce wines in the Monti Lessini, in Soave, and Colli Berici. 35 hectares of vineyards are distributed in three DOCs. Great Suave, where we have the expression of the volcanic soil. Then we have Colliberici with red wines that are uh, really complex and well-balanced, where the soil is calcareous. So it's basically a different terroir. Let's say we get to have dark basaltic volcanic soil on the Suave Hills, while well, we have white calcareous soils on the Berici hills. So let's say white grape variety, black soil, red grape variety, light soil. And then we don't have to forget the sparkling Lessini Durello uh, that's characterized by the minerality and finesse typical of the terroir of the area. Valeria Tessari was born in 1993 and she is Gianni's firstborn and she enters the family business after graduating in economics at the University of Verona. She has a big passion for traveling and discovering new markets, but also to tell the story of the area and the tradition behind the wines. So, Valeria, ciao, buongiorno. Ciao, ciao, Giulia. How are you today? Uh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Quite busy because, you know, it's Christmas time now, so a lot of stuff to do with gifts. uh, And uh, luckily, wine is still a very, very popular idea for a gift in the area. So we are working quite a lot. (laughs) 
Wow. So I guess you have like special offers and special uh, packaging for the season. So if our listeners want to make a really nice and I would say yummy present, they can talk to you directly. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah, of course. You know, we have wine uh, that is, you know, what we produce. Uh, We have different labels, so it's easy to make a box of different kind of wines a red and a white maybe or a white and a sparkling and so on tell us uh something more about you so who are you how old are you yeah so uh, as you said my name is valeria tessari uh i'm uh, gianni's daughter gianni is the winemaker and founder of the uh, my winery so gianni tessari winery i am 30 years old this year so i'm entering in this phase of the life uh, <laughs> when i think you are you are you are still young but uh, you are maturing you know so you have a new vision of the life uh, or at least this is my what i felt when i've entered in this uh, <laughs> in this age Okay, so you're evolving, basically. Still young, but like with a different awareness and just evolving, uh, going through this life. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That That is the perfect word to describe, I think. Nice. What's your pos- position? What's your role within the winery? Uh, so officially, I'm uh, the export manager, so I deal with the export. Unofficially, is a family winery. So basically, I do everything that nobody else is doing you know so giving a little <laughs> help with the bottling uh, and the following invoicing answering to the phone kind of a little bit of everything so basically you're you have a 360 degree experience in the, <laughs> in the winery and in the wine business you're the jolly basically making everything yeah yeah you know i, I always i also like to learn a lot of things so I'm not getting back you know I like to learn new things so really from what needs to be done I try to do my best nice so no time <laughs> to get bored but you're exactly. always making something or up doing something <laughs> I try to <laughs> nice and where are we today so as you said we are in the small village of Ronca that is up in the hills in the eastern part of Verona province so right in close to the Vicenza province that it is the other province in Veneto so northeast of uh, of Italy nice and i guess there are hills all around your place with vineyard exactly is a really green place you know a lot of trees a lot of vines but also hoods also cherry trees that is another very important economy for this area so a lot of uh, nature color let's say oh that's amazing so so what's the vibe in the place well i i will say a lot of biodiversity you know it is still not a very known area uh, popular let's say so we still have a lot of uh, uh, diversity in the cultivations so not only vines even if this place is very used for wine growers uh, but also as i said some cherries some hoods some nature that it's still uh, uh, not used for the for the economics 
I, I think is something really cool when you don't have just the vineyard, but also, you know, the woods, some orchards, some cherry trees. Well, it's like dreamland. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come and visit. Yeah, I should definitely, because I don't live far away, so we should catch up soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe to buy some Christmas presents for my friends too, who like have so many different palettes. So I got some red and some sparkling and some white. Yeah, wow, that's the, the coolest. Yeah, why not? But, but I know that uh, you also started growing peewee, so resistant varieties, right? Yeah, so I mean, this is like uh, something strange because uh, actually our philo- main philosophy in the winemaking is to tell the story of the territory and of the tradition. Uh, but with peewee, I think that uh, um, something changed in, uh, in our mind a little bit. So for people who doesn't know peewee is uh, a, a, an acronym for a very, very long word in German that I have no idea how to uh, pronounce actually. But the translation <laughs> in English is fungus resistant varieties. So uh, those are new varieties that are um, created with breeding. So there is no manipulation, there is no GMO, but just breeding of uh, selvatic vines with uh, domestic vines. So our vines we have here in Europe and uh, the Australian vines, so the old old vines. Uh, Why they do this? They do this to create those kind of varieties that are naturally resistant to many, many diseases of the vine. This uh, for us... uh, when we heard about this, Gianni, my father, made uh, a lot of studies to understand basically these new varieties, what's going on, you know. He learned that uh, they are uh, a way, uh, I would say, to have a win-win, you know, a win for the winemakers that needs to do low treatments. You can say zero treatments in our vineyard for Solaris in this case. Oh, wow. Uh, so also no less uh, handwork, let's say, you know, because you don't need to go so often to the vineyard. And uh, on the other side, the other win is for the environment, you know. Treatments means, of course, more uh, better air, better soil, better water, you know, what what we always look for in this, uh, in this time for the sustainability. I mean, so interesting. I mean, you combine tradition with the PDOs Soave, Lessini Durello, Coliberici Vicenza, and innovation with these um, resistant vines. How does it feel like having both these two features like in your soul? Uh, you know, uh, somebody can think that tradition and innovation are two opposite, but I think that they are that they can combine, you know, they, they can grow together. Because, of course, if we, on one uh, on one side, we want to keep the tradition, we want to keep the local grapes. On the other side, we can also help the soil to grow better, to grow with lost, uh, low treatments using these, uh, these different kind of grapes. So really, it's, it's, not, it's not like a white, you know. You can really combine and find the the perfect combination of of those also because you know the soil is different the soil that i have here uh, in my vineyard where i plant soave is totally different from another soil that i mean we don't need to go that far away you know that italy is uh, uh, so different you just go 10 kilometers by one side or another and uh, the soil the, the 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 village the people are totally different uh, so i really need to think that we need to listen to our soil to our uh, roots and and really see what we can do with that. 
Nice. I don't know if I've uh, explained myself. It's a little bit yeah, complex. Yeah. You got the point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Grazie. Thank you so much. And I was wondering, um, do you have a different market for Peewee or basically the customers are the same, but they're buying not only the classic PDOs, let's say, and giving a chance also to Peewee? Uh, actually, at the beginning, we thought to to do a difference, you know, so to propose uh, the PV to some clients and the other, the regular line to others. But at the end, uh, we have found that uh, uh, even if uh, our idea for the Rebellis, that is the PV vine, was to make it different, you always feel the hand of the winemaker. So actually, also the people that buy our regular wines get the the pv sometimes so really it's uh, well uh, uh, balanced in our whole production and in our whole uh, distribution i would say so it's really important for for them to know that gianni tessari and you basically that tessari family is behind the bottles it's maybe even more important than buying your peewee or your pdo wines because they're uh, really i mean they really like your style right Yeah, I think that exactly that's what people know when they 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 find a bottle with our brand. They they know what will be uh, behind. Of course, it can be a different label, it can be different grape, but the the style behind the label try to do it uh, as we like. So of course this is how this is reflected in the wine. It's really nice to have both uh, quality, high quality and consistency. I mean, your customers uh, will always appreciate you and get to have your wines uh, in stock. Yeah, it's also important, uh, very quickly, you know, it's interesting what you said because we know that wine is not water, it's not a, a beverage, you know. Every year the grape is different. Uh, it can be more warm, more cold, uh, more water, less water. Uh, so, of course, starting with every year different conditions our our idea is to bring on the table a, a good wine of course so to do our best for and that it seems like you're making it so <laughs> congrats thanks for your work to keep our palates uh, satisfied and happy and to keep us hydrated too <laughs> <laughs> how do you see young generations reacting to to peewee i mean are they interested in trying these wines or they're more linked to traditional wines Uh, you know what? It is starting. I think we are really, really at the beginning because uh, when we planted our Solaris, our PV variety, is it was 2013. And we uh, have been the very first in the Veneto region to plant this kind of grapes. So it's just 10 years ago. You know, it's really starting. Many, many people still don't know what this is, right? In my opinion, it is starting slowly as everything. Of course, it will not be a big bomb. Uh, because there are still small product production as small producers. Uh, but it's starting. Every time people hear about it, 90% of the time they don't know what this is, but they are always interested to try and to see to see what this is. Because, as I said, it's a, it's a breeding of grapes. Uh, and, of course, the taste will be different from the traditions we are used to. But this doesn't mean that it's not, uh, it's, it's not the same quality. Interesting. Thank you.
I'm curious about this Solaris. How do you make this wine? I mean, uh, how's the winemaking process? Uh, yeah, so in this case, uh, uh, so the name of the wine is Rebellis, that is Latin from Rebellus, so Rebel, because we wanted it to be very, very different from our other wines. As we said before, we didn't do it much because the the style stay the same but in this case we decided to do a fermentation with the indigenous yeast is the only wine where we use this kind of yeast and then it stays uh, one year in the amphora for aging so first vintage for us was 2017 and uh, every year we change a little bit because as i said this is a new grapes nobody knows nobody knows what will happen in one two years so every year we change to something so at the beginning we were doing a longer maturation then a, a shorter one then more time in the amphora less time in the amphora i think now we finally found the good balance also to prove to prove that these wines can age we are now keeping on sale of course, it's a limited production, but uh, we keep on sale all the vintage. So if somebody comes here into the winery, he can buy 2017 vintage, 2018, 2020, 2021. So you think it's it could be an age-worthy wine? We are still trying, but I mean, from what we have seen now, it is a wine that has a lot of aromaticity, so it can really improve with time. Oh, I'm so curious to try it. I should come visit shortly. <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> wow. And do you think that this wine, your Rebellis, I love the name, <laughs> by the way, pairs well with some typical dishes from your area? Is there any typical food you like? Uh, yes. So, you know, here it's a little bit of a challenge because, of course, as I said, Rebellis, so Solaris is not a grape that is in our traditions. So, of course, there is no an easy pairing, a traditional pairing. But if we are a little bit... Uh, adventurous if we like to try new aromas i think it will be very very good pairing with the polenta monteveronese and baccalà so this is a, a special recipe because it's a mix of a veronese style food and the vicentino style food as i said ronca is in the province of verona but it's really really close to the vicenza province so of course some style of uh, food are similar so we have our polenta uh, we put the Monteveronese cheese, very, very small sliced, so it can melt on the polenta and a little bit of baccalà, so stockfish, codfish, uh, at the Vicentina style. And uh, of course, uh, if you ask me what is the traditional pairing, we can totally say that for this, this dish, uh, we pair with uh, uh, Lessini Durello, so a sparkling wine, a bubbles that is very fresh, very uh, volcanic style. But, you know, you can always try to, to pair with the Rebellis. I think that some aromaticity, some uh, also the baccalà, the codfish is a very strong taste. You know, it is cooked with the milk for many, many times. It, uh, it's a very ancient recipe. So let's say that, yeah, I will recommend to try it also with our uh, Rebellis for a different, uh, different combination of aromas. Yeah, we are adventurers, <laughs> so I think we should try also that one. But we, we should also go for both pairings. I mean, first we try the traditional one, like, uh, you know, Baccalà and uh, uh, Lessini Durello, and then we try uh, Rebellis with the same dish to see the differences, but I'm sure they're both really, really good and tasty. 
Actually, you're making me hungry. Oh my god! <laughs> and you know, food as the wine is a lot of uh, is personal. You know, so my personal taste can be totally different from yours and from somebody else. Yeah, of course. Talking about the younger generations, what are the under 30s eating and drinking in your area? What wines do they prefer? So about the eating part, I think that we. Around 10 years ago, we started to be more international, you know, so people want to eat something uh, that is different, something that is new, let's say like sushi, you know, it boomed in the area. Uh, but right now, I think that things are starting to change again. And people, especially young people, want to go back to traditions and, you know, to eat those dish that we that we loved when we were kids. So basically local food. Exactly. A lot of, you know, trattorie of local restaurants. Uh, also, you know, the top restaurants, you know, like Michelin stars are starting to be more uh, local, you know, to buy to buy ingredients from the area, to work with the ingredients, local wines. And this is really important because it's just your history that you are that you are telling with the food, I think. That's something really, really amazing. And I'm glad to hear that young people are interested in traditional flavors, traditional recipes and that they're still looking for fresh, local ingredients. It's also nice, yeah, to go out and experiment and just like having sushi or Chinese food or whatever. But also, I mean, remembering the grandma's <laughs> kitchen and the grandma's food is always something that warms yeah, the heart. Exactly. So. <laughs> and so what do you usually drink, Valeria? So let's say that I love to try new kind of uh, wine. So different wines. Uh, I didn't study uh, enologies, uh, so I think that I'm I'm still and I keep learning on the you know tasting basis. So I always try to taste something new. Uh, I love, uh, of course, Italian wines. Sometimes I try something also from out of Italy. Say that my one of my personal favorite uh, that is not from not from the area is uh, Ribolla Gialla. I love this kind of uh, grape from uh, from Friuli. It's one of my favorite right now. I would say I don't have a a must, you know. I like to <laughs> every mm -hmm. time if I have in a, if I am in another region, I try to also taste some local foods and local wine. Experiment. I'm still learning. I'm 30, but I'm still learning. <laughs> I think everyone at any age is still learning something, especially in the wine world where there are so many different regions, styles and grape varieties. So it's nice to hear that because sometimes, you know, people just because they're winemakers or they are psalms or they work in a, in a winery, they're like, okay, you know, everything. But actually the, the wine world is never yeah. ending. So I love the fact that you're always looking for something new and to try, you know. Brava Valeria. Thank you. Grazie. <laughs> thanks. Okay, so I was also curious about your vision of the future. Like, what trends do you see in the future? What will new generation go for, in your opinion? So I think that it's really important to, to stay true to what we are, so to keep with the traditional wine. You know, sometimes I've, I heard that some places they are removing some vines and they are planting different varieties because maybe the local, the traditional vines are less productive or less, requested i really hope that uh, you know producers on our side will stay true of course to their traditions also with a little bit of uh, innovation of something different of course 
we need to follow the market. You know, we can't produce a wine and drink it ourselves. It's not, <laughs> we can't live with that. But I really think that tradition will be, especially for Italian wine, always an important, uh, an important uh, quality. So I really hope that we can uh, still stay in our tradition, but maybe grow more more good with the sustainability, with the work in the vineyards. And uh, I really hope that the market, the, the new people, the consumers uh, will see that and uh, will appreciate uh, the effort. I'm sure they will, especially those who are passionate about wines and really good traditional food. So, well, good luck <laughs> on that. We covered almost everything, what we want to talk about. But now I'm asking you just five things in five minutes. So let's recap the whole interview in just five bullet points. So, Valeria, where are we? So we are in Ronca, in the province of Verona, Veneto region, north of Italy. What's the vibe and the cuisine? A lot of uh, green trees, a lot of nature, of bees, insects, so a lot of uh, biodiversity. And the food is uh, traditional. Uh, blend of the traditional style of uh, Verona food and Vicenza food. And what's the feature dish? The feature dish is uh, polenta with Monte Veronese and baccalà. Perfect with uh, Lessini Durello on a traditional basis or on adventurous basis is the Rebellis made with Solaris grape. So that was the wine pairing. And last but not least, let's identify one major trend in Italy's wine industry future and how you're addressing this trend. Uh, going back to the roots, really to preserve the soil, the ter territory. And what we do is uh, just listen to our, to our soil and uh, try to do the best with that. All right. Thank you so much, Valeria. Thanks. Uh, grazie, Giulia. Thanks for having me. It's been a huge pleasure, really. And I really hope to come to visit soon to get some really good wines. When you want. We are here. <laughs> grazie. Thank you so much. Ciao. Bye. Bye-bye. Grazie for being with me today and listening to the next generation on the Italian Wine Podcast. Alla prossima. Cin cin.